Hi, it's Jasmine. You know, that girl who did you know what way before the internet ever existed. Join me and my special guest every week as we talk about anything and everything because nothing is too taboo. So punch your ticket and get on board the crazy train with me, Jasmine St. Clair. All aboard! Welcome to another episode of Crazy Train with Jasmine St. Clair. And of course, I bring you the best of the best in wrestling. So it's my honor today to welcome Jesus Rodriguez onto the Crazy Train. Thank you for punching your ticket and joining us today. Oh, I am very excited to be here. Um, for those of you guys who actually don't, don't know me by my legal name, uh, my wrestling persona, personaje, it was... Uh, the, the ring announcer and manager of one uh, former WWE world champion, former WWE world uh, champion, heavyweight champion, uh, former WWE Royal Rumble winner, Alberto Rio. My name, Damas y Caberos. Of course, you soy Jesus Ricardo Rodriguez. Dude, I'm going to do it over. I'm sorry I used the real name. What a dick. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. No, no. Real name's fine. Real name's totally you fine. You sure? You sure? Yeah, because I use, I use it as well. If, it's, if I'm working some sort of like TV somewhere else i have to go with the real name dude it's like i think you have more names than a stripper my god it's just like yeah, right <laughs> all these names and then in lucha you did lucha libre as well you did matt yeah. you were a mask wrestler what yeah. was it there wasn't it Karasin as well it was uh chimera which is a greek monster it comes from greek mythology um so i was always a big fan of greek mythology when i was younger um mm. and i was also a science nerd which means also means it's like um Essentially, a nutshell, there's more to it, but essentially, a nutshell is like a, a, a cell with two sets of DNA, in a sense. So it could be like a hybrid mix of, of let's say, like, for instance, in Greek mythology, it's a goat, a serpent, and a lion all mixed together. That's kind of cool. Now, let me test. No, yeah. It is, but I'm going to test your Greek mythology first. Oh, uh, don't do that. It's no, no, it's one. Only one. I'm going to show you why. I'm taking too many bumps. <laughs> oh, yeah? Okay. Well, no, this is going to be easy. Really simple, I promise. Okay. okay. So, uh, first off, Chimera is the name of one of my favorite heavy metal bands as well. Yes, yes. I've seen them live a few times. And, um, okay, do you know who Rhea is in Greek mythology? Rhea. Ah, I just saw the movie, too. Uh, I don't. It's the mother of Zeus and the wife of Cronus. Cronus was okay. also yeah, in the band the Venom. Yeah. And that's like my real name, which is Rhea, but I'm not Greek. Okay. All right. All right. Well, you, we learned some, I learned something new today. Yeah, I know. You learn something new every day. Like, I just learned you're in Cairo or you you, you moved there, which is really yeah. hard to, like, of all the places in the world, why Cairo? Is there wrestling there? There is. Actually, currently, there's no wrestling there. That's what I'm there to do. I'm there to open up uh, the wrestling community uh, to, to establish something there. There's nothing there. Uh, I've been there for about a year. Unfortunately, because of COVID, things have been a little bit of a slow process. Um, but I'm hoping whenever I go back, uh, because they're at the current, currently right now I'm in San Antonio, Texas. Um, and the numbers were, have been a little bit high here the last month or so. So getting out of Texas has been a bit of an issue. Um, thankfully, I mean, I'm, I'm, I have my shots and all that stuff. So I, I'm not sick. I haven't gotten sick. Um, uh, but I know people around me that have, so I try to stay away from them. <laughs> um, cause the last thing I need right now is like, oh, Hey, I got my flight to go back overseas. And then I go to get tested. And I'm like, oh, I can't go anywhere. 
um, which has been a, a somewhat of a situation in the last month or so because I was originally supposed to go back to Cairo back in late December, mm-hmm. but uh, there was a lot of uh, the the clinics, the hotels, uh, the hotels, excuse me, the clinics and hospitals, um, and all these places were so congested with like the COVID numbers that I have missed three flights so far because Oof. I did not get my test back in time. Uh, which you have to get it when it's an international flight it has to be the PCR. You should have to have it within like three days prior. Uh, and each one of my tests, I didn't get it for like either four or five or six days later. Oh my so God. That's insane. Flights. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, so. yeah. In California, it's become crazy. So I was in Paris for a while um, mm-hmm. and I had to get my test done. I got it back really fast though, I guess, because they're so used to it here. Like everyone's oh, yeah. like always going somewhere. You know, I want to move to Paris one day. So it's just a making that plan, like doing everything I got to do to go back there. Sure. Speaking of online, I saw a WWE pay-per-view when it was online for the first time. What do you think of this whole online for this whole online platform for like and, uh, mean, for, for the for the fans is and I, I would think it's pretty cool because it's a lot cheaper just to spend 10, 10 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the programming and the pay-per-view versus what was it before, like 60 bucks for the pay-per-view? Yeah. 30, 50, whatever it was. So for the fan base, uh, I feel like it's it's better. Uh, for the for the wrestlers, it might not be. I remember uh, this is back when we first got the network. I remember I think Punk mentioned it uh, many times about like the, the buy rates and then how much the boys were getting by comparison and how the boys were kind of getting screwed over. Uh, I don't know because as a Ricardo character, I wasn't up there on the high shelf. Yeah. <laughs> I was still kind of lower, like the mid lower shelf. Um, so basically, I mean, I just got like my flat stuff, whatever it was, my flat rate. Um, and I would get a little something extra if there was like a big bump involved. But um, but as far as like the actual guys, like the the, big, the main people, I don't know how it worked for them. But for the fan base, it's great because they, they get a hell of a deal. Yeah, then they could probably buy like more merchandise or spend more money to sure. a WrestleCon when it's well, if they have one again, which they should. Yeah, sure. And then and then even for like the independent companies, I mean, like now you have all these like Fight TV and a Title Match Network and a bunch of other places uh, that that have this disability that they can broadcast like independent levels on pay per view, which is great for the for the for these folks uh, because yeah, definitely definitely support the independents. I mean, there there's so much talent and mm-hmm. and. You know, the last seven years, seven, eight years, fuck, I don't even know anymore. Uh, the last almost, yeah, like eight years that I've been back in the Indies, whatever it was. Um, you see, I, I've come across so many people that have eventually gone on to AEW, WWE, Impact, Ring of Honor. Um, you know, even now with GCW, that's like a, like a high-end independent wrestling company at the moment, which it really is. Because um, they're traveling, they're all over the U.S. and they're broadcasting, they're creating people that, Really, some some of these folks would probably, and I don't mean to be a jerk, but like they yeah. probably wouldn't ever have made it to WWE. No, it's um, true what you're saying. That's true. I got what you're saying. But but now they have a fan base, and now they they they've made their social media presence. You know what I mean? I mean, and with the exception of like let's say now Danhausen, who's with the AEW, but like the last two years, I feel like he made himself uh, on through Twitter. He mm-hmm. made himself yeah through social media. Same with Warhorse. Uh, these are guys that they made themselves through the internet. Isn't that crazy? It's like, yeah, I have more respect for that than like a YouTube, whatever act, actor, actress, whatever you want to call it, because it's just, you're putting your body on the line and it's so different. 
than just going on there and like taking half your freaking clothes off or doing some kind sure. of nonsense. Sure, um, sure, sure. You know, but that's it's GCW is the name of it. Yeah, it's a game changer wrestling. They just uh, they just debuted at the Hammerstein. Really? Um, and they, yeah, they sold it out. It was well, I don't know when this is gonna, gonna come out, but uh, it was like uh, two weeks ago, a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, from the moment of this taping, it was a week ago. So, are there any talks about you joining them? Or no, nah, I mean, I've never t- talked to them. Um, the last year, I've been very busy overseas, and um, when I came back here to the U.S. back in October. Um, it was essentially just to kind of like finish off and like so you know some of the car that I had, uh, get rid of everything because my my move back to to, to Egypt wasn't be permanent. I was completely done with the U.S. Um, and then and then I got a call from AEW. I did AEW for a little bit, and then I was just kind of waiting a couple of weeks to see what they were going to say if it was worth me spending the money to go back to Egypt or wait. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then this whole COVID thing. So I've been stuck here. That COVID October, man, much. what a shit show. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. it's, insane. it's insane. But yeah, uh, but it's a whole lot different situation over there than here. Like, they, is they it? Them- How so? Well, for one, they police themselves over there. Um, oh yeah. There, there's none of this. There's none of this. My freedom. My whatever <clears throat> bullshit. My choice. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's whatever. Uh, to each their own. To each their own. But they, what I've learned in my experiences from traveling different countries is the sense of community the sense of community that you'll you'll experience in many other places versus here in the u.s which is very heavy on individualism here in the u.s is very me 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 versus us uh and that's something that i've learned in many different places places like india and mexico and and you know in this case egypt it's us as a community uh, to just get this nip it in the butt and let's just move on so we can you know keep going uh, but like I said, that's just me. That's just my opinion. But no, but it's it true weird. what you're saying about community. When I lived in Europe for many years, I was in Scandinavia. I lived in Norway, mm-hmm. and um, people like friends were they connected more personally than like this way or like chatting. People uh, would make it a point to see their friends. We were like super sure. close knit in that respect, uh, and. W- out of all the places in the world, because you're Latino, why somewhere like Cairo? I don't understand. So um, back in girl? 2000, 2000 well, <laughs> <laughs> back, back, back in like 2015, yeah, I think it was, I got contacted by Jinder Mahal, uh, who was in WWE. I think he still is. I'm not sure. Um, he was. He posted something on Facebook saying that Great Khali was going to open up a wrestling school in India. And if anybody was interested in going. And at the time, I, like, I had nothing going on. I mean, I had just left WWE. Like, and then I was going through this whole year of being angry and bitter. So, like, I wasn't booking anything. I just hated wrestling. Um, I just hated everything. I just hated everything. Because, <laughs> um, you know, that place does, does that to you sometimes. And, um, and then I saw that post, and then I just kind of thought about it. And I was like, fuck it. Why not? It's a free trip to India. And then training is kind of what I do is, I mean, I've been teaching folks for as long as I can remember. I was even doing it in WWE. Um, so I was like, yeah, fuck it. So then I went and I was in, I was in Jalandhar, India for six months. Wow. And we did it. We did an entire tour. I had close to a hundred students by the time I was done. And it was just me. Um, so then I went, while I was there, I got, we got contacted by WWE and Impact. So they both ended up going. 
to mm-hmm. see our school. And then eventually they both ended up running shows. WWE had not been to India in 14 years prior to that show that they did in Delhi. Uh, and then I know it had to do with what I was doing there because everything that I was doing, I was posting online. All the, how the, the training, the, you know, like I would do like a daily little something and just put it on Instagram or on Twitter or whatever. So it began to you know, create a little buzz. And then I got contacted by folks from the office, you know, on the side, you know, hey, you know, it's glad, you know, glad to see that you're doing well, blah, 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 blah. So <laughs> I know that trickled down to the office because India is a huge country. There's a lot of people there. And um, after soccer, it's cricket and then WWE and then Impact. From when I was when I was there, what it is now, I'm not sure. But when I was there, it was soccer, cricket, WWE, Impact. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so both uh, WWE and Impact went went after India. So, anyways, fast forward a um, couple years later, I get contacted by this guy in in his name was Walid Mohammed Fathi um, from Cairo. Yeah, yeah, from Cairo. And then he's like, "Hey, uh, would you be interested in coming to Cairo?" Uh, and you know you you get all these random messages every now and then. Yeah. So I was like, ah, I, I don't know. Let me kind of dig into this. Let me see who he's attached to. Da, 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 da. So I ignored him for like a week or two, and then eventually I gathered enough information where I was like, okay, this kind of seems legit. Um. So I messaged him back, and then it just kind of seemed more from there. And then November of two thousand twenty. Yeah, November two thousand twenty is when I wait. Yeah, November two thousand twenty is when I left. Um, and I went over there and then we started training. We, and it was going great. We had all these shows planned. We had all this stuff going on. And then, uh, around April was when we were going to have shows, March, April. And then the numbers started going up. So we had to shut everything down. Um, so that kind of sucked. So it's been like this battle back and forth. Uh, because every time they open up the borders again, we get a lot of tourism mm-hmm. and that kind of spikes the numbers back up. So they have to shut it down a little again. Um, so that's pretty much where we are. But I also just got recently got contacted to go to Dubai to do something over there. So that's the next step. Hey, uh, if so you that's, need an assistant so, in Dubai, I'll go. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Like, so essentially, essentially, that's why I haven't contacted companies here in the U.S. <laughs> to, yeah. to kind of bring it back, to kind of bring it back to the GCW thing. Because <gasps> uh, I'm doing stuff on that side of the world. Yeah, it's important to do that, especially in Dubai. But seriously, you need an assistant when you go to Dubai. You need someone to like organize your calendar. You need someone to go shopping for you. Like, yeah, I might need that. Hey, I to- I'm in. Like, I'm 100% in. Just give me the credit card. I- I'm so there. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching this thing because I, I want to learn about where I'm going, right? So, like, yeah. I, was, I was on YouTube and I was just kind of looking up stuff on Dubai and stuff. And like, most of the people there are foreigners. So, I would fit right in. I'd be totally fine. So we would, we would both fit in real fine. So it'll, it'll yeah. work. But you look like you could be Persian. Um, you know, speak like with wrestling, I think it's just interesting how the WWE, they've done like so much. And I speak to a lot of uh, friends that I knew there, like Jazz. I worked with her in ECW. And one of the things I have to say, like, I normally, I don't get really scared of any like huge, crazy, sick bumps. But one time you scared the living crap out of me. And I don't really watch wrestling anymore, but I saw your match and you took this insane bump, like <laughs> straight out of the ring. Um, it looked brutal. <laughs> yeah, there. I, I, every, every single pay-per-view, Michael Hayes um, had, would come up to me and be like, we have to figure out how to cue this this month. So yeah. was, it was mostly Michael Hayes that would come in and just try and murder me somehow. Uh, and I'm pretty sure the one you might be d- referred to was like the ladder bump. 
Yeah. Um, it was at TLC. It was Alberto versus Miz versus Punk. Yeah. And the whole thing was, it was on, I was, I was coming to, I was coming ladder to retrieve the title. And then Miz and Punk dumped me over, over the, the top rope onto the ring from the ladder, uh, excuse me, onto a table on the outside. Um, yeah, that was scary. That was scary. But I mean, when you're there, the adrenaline is rushing. Oh yeah. But, but when we did in rehearsal, the very first time I got up there, I was like, holy shit, this is tall. This is high. This is a lot higher than I was. I thought it was going to be. Um, and then Edge and Christian were there for whatever reason, but they were there. And I believe it was Edge that he comes up to me and he says, hey, whatever you do as you're falling down, do not jump. Just write it down. Because if you jump, you're going to kick the ladder up from under you. And I was like, okay, sure. What does my <laughs> dumbass do? As soon as I start to feel the tip over, I jumped and I, sure enough, I kicked the ladder from under me and I just went straight down. I hit the, I hit the top rope and just like a little tumbling sack of garbage, I just tumbled all the way down and I landed right between the ring and the, and the, the crash pad. I landed right in the middle. So I totally missed both the ring and the crash pad. And then Michael Hayes, at first, he's like, you know what? No, it's after the check on me. Um, He's like, oh, you know what? Let's scratch it. I was like, no, 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 no. no. I, I got it. I got it. I got it. I just need to get that initial fear out. I got that fear out. Now, now, I, now I know what it feels like. Okay, let's go. So I had to do it like three times before the actual show day or showtime. Um, but yeah, no, that was that was a lot of fun until the next morning. The next morning sucked. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> when you feel it. It's like going to uh -huh. a heavy metal show and like headbanging. Yeah. The next morning, you feel it in your neck. <laughs> so, so the very first heavy metal show that I ever went to, because I'm from I'm from Los Angeles. Yeah. So we used to go to like House of Blues, all those all those clubs around there, right on Sunset. Mm -hmm. um, the very first one that I ever went to, um, I was a late bloomer to American music. I was very late bloomer to American music, but um, it was Fear Factory, Children of Bottom, oh. uh, Nonpoint, and Lamb of God. That was, a, God was, a, was, a, was the main, the, uh, the headliner. It was at the House of Blues. Mm -hmm. And um, so, so we're doing our demonstration. I think it's cool. I'm, I'm having a blast, right? I'm so young and I'm, you know, whatever. And then I, uh, the homie uh, uh, on stage, he's like, all right, motherfuckers, now it's time. You know what's coming? The wall of death. I had no idea what the wall of death was. <laughs> so I see the crowd just split. Now my dumbass is in the middle, just like, yeah, you know, this is a great time. And I turn, I see my friend, and he's telling me to come over, like, you know, get over here, get over here. And then I have no clue what's happening. <laughs> so sure enough, uh, homeboy goes, go! <laughs> yeah, that's dangerous. I love Children of Bodom. It's so sad what happened to Alexi. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's vicious. Well, there are a lot of satanic Hispanics in LA, so of course you were at a death metal show. <laughs> but yeah, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. Seriously, um, yeah. what like if you you got into wrestling at a fairly young age, you'd say like, well, how old were you when you well, saw? Because I see so many different things about you, like all over the place. I'll yeah. just ask. Oh no, and that's and that's the best because then I read stuff about me that even I didn't know, which is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like who I've dated, uh, where I've been, like what X, Y, Y Z, whatever. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, well, I, 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 obviously, I'm like I said, um, I'm Spanish speaker first. My parents are you know Mexican American, Mexican immigrants uh, that mm -hmm. came to the U.S. So all I knew for many years uh, was was Spanish. I grew up. Uh, I lived in Mexico for several years. Uh, as a kid, so back there I used to watch Lucha Libre. So I grew up watching Lucha Libre. Um, so, so I didn't know anything about American wrestling until maybe by the time I was towards the end of high school. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't watch any of it. I didn't know anything, any any of that stuff. This is back when, like, The, the Rock and Triple H. It was, like, 2000. It was, yeah, around 2000 is kind of when I started getting acquainted with American wrestling, which I wasn't even a big fan of. I was just kind of like, oh, this is, I mean, it's, it's on TV. It's here. I had a couple of buddies that were into it. And, um, and so a couple of, like, my high school friends, my, they, they, they would, like, talk about it. And at the time, I, I think I was, like, with most folks that didn't watch pro wrestling were, like, well, that's kind of, that's not wrestling. That's kind of. You know, as we would say back then, that was kind yeah. of gay. You know, that's not, you know, what the fuck is that? But then eventually, the more I started watching it, the more I got into it. And I know what really, like, sank it into me was WrestleMania 17, when it was a TLC match with the Hardy Boys, actually Christian, and the, and the Dudleys. Yeah. And when, when uh, Jeff Hardy was hanging from the titles and Edge speared him, and they went all the way down, that's the moment that I was like, man, this is awesome. This is what I want to do. So almost directly after high school, I started seeking out like a backyard fed or in, in LA in the San Fernando Valley. So I, we found this place in San Fernando and, um, and they had this old shitty boxing ring. It was a boxing ring. It was all crappy and whatever, but they had, they had matches. They had wrestling shows, wrestling backyard shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we would watch uh, at the time. This is when like the, the, the impact uh, the TNA X division was like super hot. Mm-hmm. They had like Peter Williams, AJ Styles, Jerry Lynn, Loki, those guys, uh, Chris <laughs> David, Alex Shelley. And they were like the hottest thing. So like um, we would watch those matches and mimic them move for move. Um, and mind you, this is a boxing ring. Boxing rings are stiff as hell. Stiff, yeah. So, you trained on yeah. one. Trust me, I know. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're stiff as hell. They don't have any, any give on it. Um, so then I started watching it. This is like I was 20. Uh, I was 20, 19 when I first started. Mm-hmm. But then eventually, uh, because I was going to school for graphic design, I used to go to uh, ITT Tech in Silmar. Um, which fuck that place. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was a waste of money. I got my degree, but it was such a waste of money. Um, so I was going to school for graphic design, and like I would make like flyers, and they were to me they were pretty cool for backyard shows because mm-hmm. uh, I would mimic movie posters and um, oh, cool, and um, and I would just put our faces on them. Um, so then we would start going to local shows, like local indie shows, and flyer. And we used to go to PWG all the time and fly at PWG. And we would attract those people to our shows. And then once they found out it was a backyard wrestling show, they would like, most of them would dip and leave. But every now and then we would like sucker one in. And I got this, I got to, uh, I got this promoter in one day. And after the show, he comes up to me. He's like, hey, that was kind of cool. You know, you guys need some training, but you know, there's potential there. Uh, and that's sometimes what it takes, just somebody to give you that shot. And then he's like, um, uh, we can train you. Uh, we'll train you. We won't charge you. You know, just kind of, you know, be ring crew for X amount of time. I was like, cool. So he's like, we have this show coming up on Sunday. This is like on a Wednesday. He's like, uh, I think that, that was midweek. We have the show on Sunday. Do you guys want to be in it? You and you know, this guy. And we were like, yeah, awesome. He's like, all right, be there at X, you know, for ring crew. Little did I know that only us two were ring crew. Um, and it was a two-story building. It was a two-story building. So that kind of sucked. Yeah. But uh, but paying your dues and X and whatever, um, like we didn't get paid for for that first match. Um, yeah, we didn't get paid for it. Uh, and then eventually, my first payday was like five bucks, uh, <laughs> which I kept. I, I know I kept that five dollars somewhere, somewhere like in my storage, but I have it, and I never spent it. Uh, so those are my first initial five dollars that I made. It was like uh, two months into it, like into like tr- training, training, and he gave me five bucks. That's cheap. Like, I thought they were paying way more. Like, I, I grew up um, 
watching wrestling. And then I really like the hardcore wrestling stuff because the first place I worked at was a hardcore wrestling company. It was XPW wrestling and they're yeah. actually coming back. In yeah, they're coming back. I saw that. I'm excited about it. Like, I really hope he does well. Um, I want him to do well, but I think there's always some kind of a, um, some kind of fascination that arouses us who love thrill seeking. Yeah, we like destruction. That's that's why yeah, like whenever see, we see a finally. car accident, we, we, we whenever we see a, a car accident, we always slow down because we want to see if anybody got hurt. Right. Um, uh, like how bad was the damage? Did somebody die? Oh, there's an ambulance. Is there a sheet covering somebody? Um, yeah, we, we we like we like chaos within this whole weird dilemma that we have in our heads. Um, you should be a psychiatrist. That's the most <laughs> intelligent thing anyone's said to me, like in years. What you yeah. just said describes me a hundred percent. We like chaos. We're toxic as hell. <laughs> what side are you again? <laughs> I'm Aquario. I'm a February baby. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Now I'm a Scorpio. But yeah, I get yeah, that. But I've been, I've been, but I've been around. I've been around wrestling and 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 folks and emotional people and <laughs> yeah. And I've been those emotional people before. Yeah. Well. How did you even well, with WWE? I feel like it's such a it's such a hit or miss thing. Like a lot of the guys in XPW, I knew one of them should have been there, even though he and I we had this affair. I did well. He had the <laughs> affair, not me. I would never do that to anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so we there's this thing, but anyway, like it ended really bad. Of course, the chaos and all that shit. It went really like skyrocketing, crazy, insane, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it ended up with me making a phone call to his wife, but I was an ECW by that point. In any case, nonetheless, okay. I feel bad for him because deep down he had the makings of like what could have been a really good superstar. I feel like with the WWE, then he went to UPW. Is that at Rick, Rick Bassman's yeah, school? UPW, UPW was, was uh, yeah, Bassman's. Yeah. So he didn't, he almost got into the WWE. He did um, a dark match. Mm-hmm. How did you get your start there? Because I just feel there's so there are not that many opportunities in California. It's just UPW, unless they're more now. No, now, yeah, now there's there's a whole lot right. of a lot of areas now. It's it's evolving, especially like I said with social media. It's it's a whole different world because you can be you can be in anywhere and then just market yourself really well. Uh, and if you do it really well, it doesn't matter where you are. They'll they'll bring you over here. So that's not an issue anymore. Um, and also, side note. I was at the very last, not the one that just happened, but prior to that, I was at the very last XPW show. Um, I got to wrestle that. It was like the 10-year reunion. So I got to work that one. And it was, that was it was like 2010 or 2009. It was one of those two. It was, was, it was the very last one. How was it? I was fun. It was fun. I mean, I, I was big friends with Supreme. I was cool with him. And um you know, you know, seeing Joy and you know all those folks and you know, Ryan Katz and everybody, um, yeah, and like Johnny Webb, like I fucking love Johnny Webb. Uh, he was he was a character. He was a character. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. So I was so that there's just a little side note. Supreme passed away though, so we're having this whole yeah. King the Death Match thing in honor of him, which is just it's really scary. Like what you guys do, like you were lucky enough to at least try to practice your bump. I knew about getting like piles driven off a top rope, maybe about three minutes before the show started. <laughs> the last thing Paul Heyman says to me, he's like, oh, do you feel comfortable taking that? Yeah, sure. No problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're up there. It's like, I just realized I'm like a hundred pounds 
And this guy's really slippery. Maybe it'll just get knocked on my head. No big deal. I'll figure it <laughs> yeah. out and just like see what yeah, happens. You know, you know, it's funny about that too, because there's a lot of stuff that I've done in my in my career where I'm like, <laughs> if I overthink it, then I'm gonna start doubting myself. And that's where like the injuries happen. I mean, and also being careless does, you know, you'll, you'll get injured. But a lot of it is for me in the past where I'm like, well, I'm up here. They're watching me. Fuck it. Got to go. Yeah, fuck it. Got to go. I've I've, I've had a good life. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) You know, that's what you really got to think. It's like the the motorcycle crash I had a couple of years ago. I wasn't riding the motorcycle. My ex was Mm. um, the one steering it. And he's a normal person. You know, normal as in like he's not. Yeah, um, non-wrestling. Yeah, no, he he wasn't like a hell's angel or a mongol or anything like that. It's just like, yeah, so he wasn't doing crazy shit. And this woman hit us head on. So he got two broken hands. Me, nothing happened to me. I start flying in the air and it's like this white noise and this adrenaline rush. It goes through you like, hey, you know what? If it's done, it's done. It's been cool. But yeah, I got up and I beat the woman like I beat the shit out of her because she's trying to get away in her freaking convertible. So I end up in jail that night. It's like, wow. Talk about no justice, whatever. But yeah, they let me go because the cops, most of them ride bikes. But with WWE, I feel like they're giving more people opportunities. I feel like there should be more people that are training and busting their asses, such as, you know, you were. How did you get your chance to get into WWE? Which league was it that brought you there? Right. So I did a show for this promoter, uh, long-term promoter in California named Jesse Hernandez. Oh, Uh, okay. yeah, I know he he's given a lot of shots to a lot of, you know, like Melina is one of them, for instance, uh, Frankie Kazarian. Um, so I did a show for him. And this is, I think, like the second time that I've met him. We've never talked, really talked. It was more like, hello, and that's it, you know. And then after the match, he comes up to me. He's like, hey, WWE's coming to town. Are you interested in doing a tryout? Which I was like, yeah, sure. But uh, but at the time, uh, because of my job, uh, I was working for adult entertainment. I was working for uh, uh, I was a graphic designer. So we were super heavy adult entertainment. <laughs> so I was a graphic designer. Yeah. Right. What a surprise. And in, in, in Chatsworth. No, I'm lying. It was in Van Nuys by the Van Nuys airport. Um, anyways. So, uh, yeah, so I, I didn't know anything about WWE. I, I wasn't keeping up current. So I started like going on, on YouTube and. Uh, at the time, like uh, LimeWire and Napster and stuff to try and like download the recent stuff so I can kind of catch up on what's, what's happening. So I did my tryout and they and then the guy at the, the guy in charge at the time was a guy named Ty Bailey. He comes up to me. He's like, hey, um, if given the opportunity, would you be able to move to Florida? Uh, and then um, I was like, yeah, sure. Of course, you know, of course. But I've been in wrestling long enough where if somebody offers me something, I don't get excited until <laughs> it actually happens. Until I see the paperwork, until I see the flight, until I see the deposit came in, then I'll get excited. Other than that, I'll just take it for what it is. And sure enough, um, later on that night, because we were only scheduled for for that uh, for that tryout, we weren't scheduled for for anything else. It was just a tryout. I wasn't scheduled for SmackDown, and they invited me to SmackDown the next day to this whole ring announcement deal. Which let me backtrack that that Monday when we did uh when we did the tryout. Um. They had offered the, the role to somebody else first, but for whatever reason, he said he couldn't make it to SmackDown the next day. So then Jesse goes, well, he speaks Spanish. So then that's when they came to me. So I was second second option that I, that I know of. Later on, they uh, met other promoters that told me that, oh, no, they had offered it to this guy. They had offered it to this guy, but none of them wanted it. I was like, whether or not it's true, I don't know. Point is, I got it. Uh, at the end of the day, I got it. 
So then I went to SmackDown. I went to Bakersfield the next day. I did the whole the whole spiel. Uh, Vince liked it, and they were doing a double set of tapings because the SmackDown crew was going to Europe uh, for like a week or so. So they were doing a Tuesday Wednesday taping. So then we went up to Fresno uh, the third day, and that's when I finished. They offered me the contract on the spot. Uh, so they and they put me on the road right right away. And then it took about three months before. Before I got my official contract, so I was basically an extra for like three months. Um, good. Yeah. So between, before, because I had to get my medical and all that stuff, and move to Florida, uh, so that took about three months. But uh, yeah, so I was I was an extra for three months. That's pretty good. I mean, that's a very good shot. Were you, I, I saw some of your work there, and yeah, of course, you're a perfect Spanish speaker. You have charisma on the uh, in the ring or on stage. I shouldn't say on stage in the ring. <laughs> thank you thank you and i appreciate it's it very great and if you weren't if you didn't ever have the opportunity would you still be doing graphics and stuff like that <laughs> probably probably because i mean at the, especially at the time at the time i mean i was 22 23 24 yeah and i was i was making pretty good money for that age at the, at for that time mm-hmm. um so i was making good money um where that would have taken me i have no clue um but there's always going to be a lot of what ifs and if if i stay on that what if because i mean with that same token i mean what if i had quit wrestling with my when my ex told me to choose between her and wrestling no you, know? you had that yeah, ultimatum right? too oh my god i love those ultimatums yeah, yeah never- I, i've had it a few times i've had it a few times yeah pick me a wrestling i was like well <laughs> i knew yeah. wrestling first <laughs> uh wrestling is how i met you <laughs> oh, never- um, oh okay i got it now uh-huh then they so, try to change you once they meet you doing that, thinking that, hey, well. And, and, and you know what? And it could go either way. It could be like the, the, the male giving the woman the ultimatum, or it could be the woman giving them the male ultimatum. It could go either way. Now it's happened a million times to me. It just happened to me like a few days ago because my best friend is a crime writer who's really cool, and I mm-hmm. hadn't seen him in like a year. And this asshole, his pussy started hurting. He's like, oh, well, well you went out with him. Like, so fun, so what? I'll, I do whatever the fuck I want to do. And that's. Oh, we're adults. We're adults. Well, not really. No, I'm mostly, no, I'm not really an adult. Yeah, yeah. I'm like a 17-year-old boy in my mind, like a perverted <laughs> one at that. Um, right. Go figure. But so you actually had the ultimatum. And then you took off. You did your wrestling thing. And, you know, there's always the what ifs. I do. Yeah, no, of course. Always, always. always. I, then yeah, I dream always. about the what ifs. Nothing ever goes right. But. That's good. I mean, at least you stuck to your grounds. And do you feel that WWE gives a lot of opportunities to um, like non-white performers? Because I hear mixed things. Uh, I, I, and I've, I've talked about it in the past. I mean, like I said, when I first left WWE, I was so angry for many reasons. There was a lot of racial stuff that, that yeah. it wasn't necessarily like, I don't know how to say it. Uh, it wasn't like they were throwing, they, were, they, they weren't like calling me Mexican or Bean or they weren't calling me the spick. They weren't calling me none right. of that. Uh, but there was like little indirects, a lot of indirects where you're like, hmm, hold the fuck up. Um, or or it would it would happen where, let's say, let's say like, you know, one of the upper heads made a, uh, made a joke, or whatever, you know, which was, you know, racial, whatever. But mm-hmm. we're like, huh, 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 we will chuckle, ah, yeah, whatever. And then just leave it. But it, it also seemed like the writers or anybody that was under like next to us when that comment was made, mm-hmm. they felt like they got the pass to do it as well. Now then when they would make the comments, we would tell them to go fuck themselves. That we had no issues telling them to go fuck themselves. Um, 
but um yeah but there, there was a, there was a lot of stuff but like i said when it comes to like giving opportunities if it wasn't for WWE, and and i'll say this a thousand times yeah i had my issues there but if it wasn't for WWE, a egypt would never have happened india would never have happened australia would never have happened this wouldn't have happened um so yeah they gave opportunities and then it's up to us to make of them as we will there's a lot of stuff now that i wish i would have done different mm-hmm. now that i'm older and wiser and i've been through enough situations throughout my you know career i've been doing this for 16 years now this is my 16 year doing this um there's a lot of things I wish I would I could take back, and there's a lot of stuff that I wish I would have done differently. Do I regret saying what I said when I first left WWE? No, but I regret how I said them. Okay. I regret how I went about it. I still could have gotten the same message across, just have picked a better choice of words instead of a bunch of f bombs. Yeah, but you're a Latino. You think with your emotions. Yeah, I, yeah, of course, of course. Else. That's how no, we. No, of course. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we gotta. I gotta be a little bit wiser. Especially because at the time I was so young, I was like 29, I think, when I left, 28, 29. Um, so there, I, there was still a big opportunity for me to go out and, you know, do like, say, like, take the Drew McIntyre approach and just like kill it on the indies and then come back and, you know, X, whatever. Because we see it all the time. It's, somebody gets released, they go kill it on the indies and then they come back and then they become something bigger. Uh, so I could have taken that approach, but I didn't because I was so angry and so frustrated with everything and everybody. Uh, I had so many quote unquote friends yep. that as soon as I left WWE <laughs> disappeared. Um, the, and I remember Carlito used to always post on, on Twitter, save your money. And I didn't think anything of it, <laughs> but at the time, at the time when I left WWE, I was still pretty well off mm-hmm. and I had again, friends, quote unquote yeah. friends. Who they're like, hey, you know, I I, I kind of I'm kind of low, I'm behind on on this. Can I can I borrow, you know, whatever? And the time because I, because I was very caring, I was a cashier man, no worries, because I had it. Um, and yeah, when I left the read, <laughs> they were gone. Yeah. <laughs> when the money ran out. <laughs> yeah, especially when the money ran, runs out. Yeah, um, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, those those so-called friends, and now I mean, some of them are on TV and they're doing well and. There's that little bit of an asshole that comes out of me sometimes where I'm like, you should hit him up. Yeah, hey, where's my money? Yeah. <laughs> better give me money. I'll, I'll do like that, that bit from like, I was like uh, Stewie and Brian from uh, Family Guy. Bitch with my money. It's you. Sh- I mean, look, you know, I had an ex-husband like that and I ended up homeless living in a van with six cats. No one knew this because I was normal, you know, every day. I function as a normal human being, but I'm too proud to ask for help anywhere yeah, no, I, I hear i hear that you no know, it's it's crazy you like trust me i know i i get it but yeah i just thought that they maybe could have done more with your marketing and the more wrestlers i speak with they just say that they they feel as though the wwe um didn't have the best brain when it came to uh the creative marketing of um ethnic wrestlers no no um which is weird too some because yeah no some some like obviously when when like for instance when Rey Mysterio was out, he was hurt. They threw Alberto and myself into like everything that was Latin American, mm-hmm. everything, which is great. Yeah. Uh, but then alongside, they would throw, you know, ex wrestler who had no knowledge of anything Spanish. Uh, so they would send us on these tours and they were asking, asking these people these questions. <laughs> and they were just kind of like sit there, like, because they couldn't understand anything. So in my head, I'm like, why? We have this guy from, uh, from that's over there. He speaks Spanish. Why couldn't you bring him? Um, so like, yeah, there was a, there was a lot of stuff that was just kind of weird in, in that sense, and I wish they would have done more. 
there was there was a time there was a time when they had offered us a telenovela um, oh. down in Mexico, but because of it, we were told two different things because of scheduling we weren't able to do it or because money whatever which man either way i still would have fucking done it yeah still a novella we would have made time yeah we would have made time all the girls yeah, are so just, beautiful in those yes because i mean it's all investment in, in in financials you should do if you ever get that chance please be in a telenovela oh, totally I'll, I'll dude I'll, I'll be i'll be like a little stooge I, I don't mind getting shot in the first 10 seconds of it i don't mind I'll, i just want to be in it well there was an amazing mexican series because during the uh, pandemic I was watching a lot of series overseas. I was doing, I was started acting. I started acting again, like about three years ago, four years ago. And I, I've been on a pretty decent streak, but I wanted to go somewhere else and work. So that's my other goal in Europe is to work on a show there. Cause I speak like five languages, uh, mm-hmm. like French is my second language, but mm-hmm. there's a show in Mexico. It was filmed there called Yankee. Did you ever see it? No. One of the no. best Mexican, um, miniseries on netflix my favorite okay. character is cara sucia but he died he's like dead in real life he dies in the show okay. not that i'm giving away too much it's obvious yeah, yeah. but he died in real life i found out from he was in tijuana and he had some kind of meat that had some kind of weird thing in it uh, like some kind of weird bacteria i'm like well it's mm-hmm. tg you don't like eat meat off a freaking food truck or anything like mm-hmm. that or right, do right, right. I don't know. I wouldn't do that. I, don't, I, I, I have no problem with it. <laughs> I couldn't. I just be afraid of what's in it. I like going there for other reasons, just to, you know, hang out. Um, mm-hmm. Then I was getting my HGH from there a while ago. Now I have like a legal prescription for it. Um, yeah. Can I get in trouble for that? Whatever. Uh, uh, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. So what are the plans now? You have Cairo and then what else are you doing Dubai. for yourself? Are you Dubai doing would be the, well, I mean, for now, for now, like this is, this is my, my whole thing. Everybody has a different, everybody has a different definition of what making it is. WWE to me was never my dream. Uh, Cause I didn't grow up watching it. I got into it very late. My whole dream as, in, as far as wrestling went was Lucha Libre. Uh, getting to, you know, do all that stuff, travel, Go to Europe. The very first time I went to Europe, I yeah, I paid for myself. But just doing some of that lucha stuff over there, I made and merch basically my ticket, so I was fine. And then, which led me to go back many times to Europe before WWE, all because of lucha libre. Uh, I I've been able to go to to India, to you know Egypt to teach lucha libre, to teach uh, wrestling psychology promos, all that stuff. And I lived in Mexico. I lived in Mexico City, all because of wrestling. So that to me is making it because I've made the last 16 years of my life wrestling. Uh, am I going to pay for it eventually with my body? Yeah, of course. I feel it already. And I'm only 36. <laughs> right now it's cold as fuck and my joints are hurting like hell. Yeah. Um, but ultimately what I would like to do is build a bit of a wrestling empire because my flag is in India already. My flag is throughout the U.S. of people that I've taught, people that I've taught that are in uh, there, that are on the contract at the moment. Um, there was no wrestling in India prior to me being there, and I, I built it. I, now there's independent scene. There's no wrestling in, in Egypt before I got there. Now there is, but I'm still building it. What I want to do is build, put these flags because the Arabic nations are such a big, it's such a big area, and there's so much. It's such a big market that I know. I know once I'm done, whenever that may be, whether it's this year, next year, whatever, I know that both WWE and you know. 
maybe AEW are going to go after it, which is going to offer places for people to work. Because uh, there is a company now, and that they're in Qatar, that's QPW. Um, and we're not, we're not competing with them because that's a whole different right. country. Um, but I want to build around the region. Um, so in, in a weird kind of messed up sense, because I know people don't know that what I did in India, people don't know what I'm doing in Egypt. Um, and it's, uh, I'm not, I'm not like being aggressive towards them about that because it's, you know, people just don't know. Um, so I feel like eventually it's going to be sort of like, sort of like a Nikolai Tesla story where Nikola Tesla did all this stuff and then he ended up dying. Well, this is the fucked up part. He ended up dying alone and broke in his apartment. Not that part, but the next part. <laughs> you can be um, a to die alone. That's fine. But 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 um, but he got recognized many years later for, for the work that he did. So yeah. Well, that's a very humble thing. But seriously, if you are rich and you're about to die alone, I will give you my legal name. <laughs> Just leave it all to me. And I promise Yo. you, it will go- all right save this clip save this clip for that i will i'm going to yeah see he even said it on the show so yes you're gonna do that i'll, I'll open up a brothel with it and you're winning your deal. honor as well just deal. for you deal okay the jesus house the jesus house yeah the jesus casa de jesus um i really i did want to open up a brothel a few years ago with sex dolls but my uh, my ex boyfriend said we I shouldn't do it because with my luck I'd probably get busted or something, which is fine. Right. Actually, no, it's not okay. But um, yes, so that's interesting. I, when I was living in Scandinavia, like I got stuck there by accident. I was like engaged to this guy, then I dumped him. But I loved it so much, I stayed you there. Stayed. I was stayed. like a pig in like shit. Is that what they do? Yeah, I was like happier than a kid in a candy store. You had like all these nice like Viking guys. So of course I'm going to stay. I'm not going to go back to the States, please. Yeah. But I, I did like my whole, a whole other thing there with music and people wanted wrestling of mm-hmm. all things. So, you know, just down the line, I'm sure the Scandic women would be like all over you because you're a dark feature. <laughs> you also look Egyptian, by the way. So I've been told that. I, I, I get told that when I'm, when I'm down there. And what did they start speaking to you in Basalama or just saying? Yeah, no, I, I know, I know enough to understand. I know enough to understand, and I realize there's a lot of uh, similar words in Spanish that there are in Arabic. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, because uh, the the Muslims took over Spain for many years, uh, so eventually the language is kind of intertwined. So there's a lot of a lot of words that are very similar, different, per- slightly different pronunciation, but I, I get what they're saying. Well, yeah, it's like Portuguese. People think Portuguese. Yeah, is but I mean, but it's all land based. Well, yeah, it's yeah. all land based. Portuguese, French, Italian. Uh, it Spanish. is like French and Italian. That's the you're like the only other person that gets that, believe it or not. Because I am. Um, yeah, I speak Latin Portuguese. Based. I don't speak Italian, but I speak Portuguese and French. Um, interesting. Yeah. Well, that's good. And if fans want to keep up with you and your goals and your different names, yeah, <laughs> uh, you got like more names than I do. That's crazy. So, where do they go? So uh, on Twitter, I'm still at RRWWE. I have not changed the, R, the WWE part because I don't want to lose the check mark. <laughs> uh, that's the only reason why I haven't changed it. Um, on Instagram, I'm at uh, the letter J underscore Rodriguez 818. And um, if anybody wants any special cameos, uh, any special shout outs, I'm on cameo at RRWE1. And um, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. But um, I'm still traveling. I'm hoping to get out of here soon. It's cold. I kind of want to go back to warm weather, whether it's in, in Cairo or in Dubai, hopefully soon. 
yeah i mean i hope to see you in the ring again i love being in the ring it was like some of the best years of my life so yeah we'll see what xpw ends up doing um for sure yeah and keep up all the great work and don't lose the change who you are uh and remember I'm, I'm going to dubai with you uh yeah. do you have any messages for your fans or people no just i mean i mean for for the the few that are still out there i mean thank you so much i mean they're just it's it wouldn't be what i'm i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing if it wasn't for you guys because eventually you know you do get down you do get down a dump so you, you question yourself if you're doing the right thing but every now and then you get that random message or that random tweet or the random post or the random dm that says hey you know i'm a big fan this and and i, I enjoy your work you know keep up the good work or even some of, from some of my peers uh we, we sometimes we need that little extra motivational just you're doing a good job so and and thankfully i still have a, a strong enough fan base that they do that on the daily so thank you guys so much because if it wasn't for you guys i still wouldn't be doing this your um, dms sound like way tamer than the ones i get <laughs> no I, I i get i get my racial stuff here and there i still get those but i'm also i, I just i learned to ignore them i'm not gonna go cry about it on twitter it's <laughs> good well thanks so much for joining me i hope i got to see you soon so hopefully um, soon Muchas gracias. Muchas gracias. Hurry up!